Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all new and mightier 1090 AM. Good afternoon on a beautiful Thursday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Air 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producer Jihei Wiley, Armani Buckets. Here we go. Last live show before uh, Christmas again. Tomorrow will be Christmas Eve and if you are so kind to be listening into the show, it will be a best of show. Uh, so we won't be live with you. We won't be talking about tonight's game. Big game Lakers, Spurs, it's big because of this. It is the last game at Staples Center. Again, a lot of the signage has come down. They've already put up some of the Crypto.com Arena signage. The Lakers are going all out, though. And I was not expecting this, but this is kind of a cool thing that the Lakers are doing tonight for the game. Again, the last time you will see Staples Center on the court at for a Lakers game. Again, the Kings were supposed to have their last game at Staples Center on Wednesday. The Clippers already had their last game there. But tonight will be the last time that the Lakers will step foot on the court at Staples Center, at least with the logo on the court. And uh, they're doing a couple of cool things that um, to commemorate the occasion. Uh, they will be opening with a video prior to the tip-off to celebrate the past 22 years that the Lakers have uh, called Staples Center home. All fans will receive a commemorative t-shirt replicating the first ever t-shirt given away at Staples Center, and this was for Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals between the Lakers and the Portland Trailblazers. Remember, the Lakers came back big in the fourth quarter from that game, the alley-oop. Kobe to Shaq to seal uh, their trip back to the finals. Several Lakers legends will be in attendance for a halftime celebration. All fans will receive an exclusive commemorative ticket, which is kind of cool because, again, 99.9% of all tickets right now are mobile. They're not uh, printed, so th this will be cool. And uh, there will be a special banner outside of Staples Center uh, to commemorate, again, 22 years of the of the Lakers calling Staples Center home. I think this is fantastic. I'm getting sentimental about it. People are thinking that this is crazy because it, it, it is one company name going to another company name. But what I say is Staples never felt to me like a company name. You know, it's not like Crypto.com Arena. I mean, cri cri you know, Crypto.com is so, so much a company name. You cannot... Uh, confused as Staples is someone has there's there's some people out there with the last name Staples so and again the logo wasn't like in your face I don't know this is a um, I am glad we are commemorating this moment tonight meh yeah meh I mean it's it's crypto.com I'm glad that they're commemorating Staples I guess but this whole switch whatever to crypto yeah. eh I'm I'm whatever about it. Um, I would hope that they would do, the, even though like the Lakers always put out all the stops normally for, you know, commemorations, for, you know, retirements, for, you know, uh, just remembering anybody that was a Laker is a Laker. Uh, they do, they do go all out. So I'll give them that. But this crypt, this switching, this changing of the guard as far as names are concerned, it's just, 
I just I wish it was just the same because it just sounds so corporate to me. Yeah, right? I, I mean, just, they could have at least done Crypto Center. It would have been better. Crypto.com. A, I don't get the 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 need to keep the dot com in there. I think I think you could have just done Crypto Center. Crypto Center would have at least rolled off the tongue a little bit easier than Crypto.com Arena. But Armani Buckets has the young one here. I mean, you've only ever known the Staples Center. What do you think of the name change? It's it's so, you know, heartbreaking because it's like first of all when when you go to downtown los angeles the first thing you see off of the freeway when you're driving by is that staple center yeah the red uh writing of staple center so i haven't been there since it happened but i can't even imagine going and seeing crypto.com arena i think just seeing that if you're a tourist is going to cause accidents <laughs> because it's like what is that what um but from well yeah. and also sorry to interrupt you Armani but like they're gonna have to change the signage on the freeway too to that point right yeah, yeah so they a had lot to of those that. signages are in the process of being changed right now uh, they said that they will not fully change all the signage it takes a long time and again it it's uh, you know because of COVID and all that it, it's taken a lot longer than normal they will not be fully done rebranding the arena into crypto.com arena until June I think it'll get done before that I mean they're well on their way again Tonight's the last game at Staples Center, but they have really removed a lot of the signage, a lot of the names, a lot of the social media and things like that. So, uh, but they said by June at the latest, they will have the, you know, the sign up and things like that. I mean, I think you're being, you know, Harash, you are the most optimistic person I know, because <laughs> if you look at construction in Los, An in Los Angeles... It takes forever here. Like if you ever gone to like, that's what they told me. So I, okay. I have no idea. I I they they're they're further along than I thought because I thought that they would begin the day after Christmas because we were told Christmas. Sorry, the day before Christmas. So yeah, Christmas Day is the first official game at crypto.com arena well, what does that mean well crypto.com arena will be on the court it'll be on your ticket and things like that they're well on their way in terms of the signage outside has come down they've begun to put up some crypto.com arena signs and things like that the big one though the big marquee i think you guys are talking about that one will not be done according to staples center until june uh and again by june there will be no teams playing there because I don't think the Lakers or Clippers or Kings will be playing into June. But, um, you know, by the time next season rolls around, it will be fully rebranded. Okay, so I, Arena. I can see like by next season it'll be rebranded. But again, to, to my point, like <laughs> L.A. construction takes forever. But then again, this is a money grab. This is for a lot of money to switch over this game. $700 million. Dollars. So, yeah, may, maybe they'll expedite the process. I, well, I, I think that's why they've really like expedited taking down these Staples signage, which happened a lot sooner than I thought. Again, when, when we got the word that Staples Center was becoming Crypto.com Arena Christmas Day, I figured, well, at least we have until Christmas Eve to take our pictures outside of the arena and things like that. I mean, the signage has come down. A lot of the Crypto.com Arena signage has gone up. So they are well along the way of really rebranding it and I and I certainly think by Saturday it will be done which makes sense by the way I mean you don't want to have people were working um, you know like kin to the we uh, like winter the wee like hours of Christmas Eve so by Christmas Day all of the St Staples Center signage will be gone 
all of the crypto.com arena will not be up. A lot of the signs that you see up right now are not permanent signs. They're, they're just up for the Christmas Day games and some of the other big games coming up. Um, but I'm happy about this. And, and we'll see. Again, the Lakers are 16 and 16. It would be not a, you know, it, 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 it would be kind of odd if the Lakers were a below 500 team going into Christmas Day. But by the way, according to some of the projections out there, when you look at 538, Basketball Reference, ESPN, they are all projecting the Lakers to finish the season at below 500, which I think has a lot to do with Thady being out. Again, they are currently 16 and 16. He's played the majority of the season. Uh, so I guess they're thinking, well, shoot, you know, if your second best player is going to be out for the next month, at least they're projecting them to be below 500, which would put them either out of the playoffs completely or in that play in tournament. Right now, they are in that play in tournament. Armani Buckets, what, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, in terms of this Lakers team finding a way to at least make the playoffs. Again, we had we had talked about them as the high watermark being a number four seed. I, I don't think that's going to happen at this point. But right now, they're in that 7-10 to play-in tournament kind of situation. Uh, just a really tough spot right now. That I did not know about that 538 projection yeah. until you just said it. So that's the first I'm hearing of it right now. As you said, 16-16 and 16 and at 500 without Anthony Davis for the foreseeable future. Definitely, that's probably the leading reason why 538 projects them to slide under 500 for the season. Yeah. With that being said, the Lakers, we've seen them healthy. We've seen what they're capable of. When you look at teams underneath them, for example, the Denver Nuggets. Denver has not played their best basketball yet. Their best basketball is in front of them. Portland, most likely their best basketball is still in front of them. New Orleans, if they ever get, even if they don't get Zion back, I think their best basketball is in front of them. San Antonio, they're a young team. You look at their record, 12 and 18. We'll see We'll see them against the Lakers tonight. I think that they are a 500 team that is six games below 500. I really do. I think yeah. that they're much better than their record. So when you add in all those factors, plus Phoenix, Golden State, Utah, maybe even the Clippers, they're going to still play at the same level, if not better. It just means that the Lakers' opponents in the second stretch of the season are going to be even stronger, even better. Well, that, that was the thing. I mean, when you look at who they played through the first 30 games of the season, the like, easiest schedule of in the league, not just in the West, but in the league, when you talk about them playing the Thunder the number of times that they did, yeah. Houston, the Spurs, and things like that. I'll give you the exact numbers right now. According to 538, they are projecting the Lakers, again, currently 16 and 16, to finish the season 37 and 45, wow. which would actually give them a 26% chance to make the playoffs. And if you want to kind of still think about where they began this season, a 1% chance to make the finals in a 0.3% chance to win the championship. So if they were to lose to San Antonio tonight, the Spurs, who are currently in 11th, which would mean the Lakers wouldn't even make the play-in, yeah. the Spurs would be two games behind the Lakers if they beat them tonight, and they are in 11th. So that's like... That would be catastrophic. Could you imagine if the Lakers finish 11th? What would happen? No, that's, Vogel's that's, gone. Well, I, 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 we're still in that period of time where, again, we've seen how David Fisdale would do. And again, yeah. it's not the coach, but it's like they, they haven't won since David Fisdale has been the coach. Basketball reference really quick. They have them at 37.6 wins. 
44.4 losses. Again, they're kind of just giving you that. And a 31.9% chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think that... I think to Arash's point about Fogel and Fizdale, like the coaching's not the issue, right? It's a team issue, right? These guys don't know how to play with really with one another, even if they go in and out of different rotations. So I I think you keep the coaching staff only because what else can you do, yeah. right? Because it's not really a coaching issue. And the last one from ESPN.com, they are projecting the Lakers to finish 39 and 43, 46% chance to make the playoffs. They have a greater chance to get a top three pick at 7.8% than to win a championship currently at 0.8%. Again, I mean, the craziest thing about this is like when just when you think about where this team began the season and you could say the pieces don't fit and this team's not going to win a, a, a championship. I don't really think, and there may have been some people out there, Jihei, and you could have been one of them. I, I don't think anyone thought that they would finish below 500 and not make the playoffs. I, I mean, there, there, there are probably people who thought that, but like, when you begin a season with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook and Carmelo and Dwight, and you go down the list, okay, you, you can tell me the pieces don't fit and they're not going to win a championship. Just having LeBron James, by the way, for years and years and years, you were at least for sure going to make the playoffs, maybe at least make it to the NBA Finals. But to finish below 500 and not make the playoffs, that's crazy. This is giving me serious flashbacks of that Kobe Achilles year because yeah. I I can't remember the exact talking points and the and the statistics behind it. But the Lakers were doing the same thing that year, sliding underneath 500. Oh, yeah. People really thought that it was going to go severely downhill. And then Kobe said, I'm going to make one final stand here to not allow that to happen to this team. And the thing is, we've seen LeBron do that in spurts. Mm -hmm. But... I feel like he always saves himself for this moment, which I don't think has happened yet because we're th in game 33 of the season. But I feel like if we get to game 55, <laughs> he's done this before the, the year that they had the kids. And he, he, uh, he tweeted out, like, it's go time. And then they went downhill after he tweeted it. But... Um, <laughs> I feel like LeBron has one final Kobe-esque push. Yeah. So those well, then what what we're hoping though is that he doesn't suffer the same fate yeah. that Kobe did. Which I mean, that that was effectively the end of Kobe's career, uh, in, in, in terms of him being consistently available. You know, and and when I see LeBron doing what he's doing again, you know, scoring over thirty points, triple double, still being one of the best players in the league, night in and night out and they lose and it's yeah. sort of like for what like for and then there, there will be there will come a point where I think LeBron's smart enough to know like what am I pushing myself for if you remember his first year in Los Angeles he could have pushed through that season but he knew that team wasn't yeah. going to make the playoffs that team wasn't going to do squat and so he shut it down and I don't know if LeBron's going to get to that point this year but there will become there will come a point where a few things happen where Frank Vogel's no longer the head coach I Listen, the rope he's getting is because he led them to a championship less than 15 months ago. I think that's that's sort of the rope that you get. Generally speaking, a team with this much talent, if they're 16 and 16, and if they're even 16 and 17 after tonight, that coach would have been gone by now. What do you think is the bar for that they don't bring back Rob Palinka next season? What do you think would That's have to That's a great happen? question, you know, because here's the thing. I, I think the unspoken truth is I think Rob Palinka's doing what LeBron and Clutch yeah. Sports want. And I don't think, I really don't think Rob 
is smart enough to know this. I don't think he would take a sledgehammer to a team that won the championship the way that, that this yeah. team had. And so I think LeBron wanted Westbrook. I think like this is LeBron's team. And yeah. and so you know he wanted to bring Russell Westbrook here. He wanted to bring Carmelo here. Um, I think Rob Palenka is safe. I think he is someone. It, it's it's a very family run business, and Rob is someone that the uh, you know Jeannie and Linda and that team trust. And so he's definitely someone that we need to talk about. Shoot, we just won a championship fifteen months ago. Like he's safe. Frank Vogel. Quite honestly, he was the third choice. Yeah. They wanted Monty Williams, fantastic coach. Ty Lue, fantastic coach. That now we look back on it, they sh- should have paid for one of those guys. It was ridiculous Absolutely. that they gave them like a low ball deal. But um, again, this is not Frank Vogel's fault. But I do think at some point you you kind of do all you can. What does that mean? That means changing the coach at some point. Could be after Christmas. It does mean making some trades and some moves that, that you know, again, they, they can't move their top three guys, but can you move some other pieces? I think that they can, and I think that, that they will. The problem right now is the other pieces are lowering their values. My goodness, game. did you see THT and Isaiah was, Thomas going for, you know, two for 26 or not whatever? Not good, the, yeah. not good. And if that's your main trade asset, mm-hmm. this is kind of like... That's a great point. This is the team that you have. and THT was the one guy that there was like, okay, the rest of the league really likes this guy. Good young player on a good deal. And again, I think that was like a really bad, bad one night for him. But yeah, I mean, if, if he starts stringing a couple of those one for 11 performances together, they literally have no trade assets. None. I mean, THT is like their big one that they would have to, they really would have to part with him to get something of value in return. It's, it's kind of like all these teams right now with the COVID protocols and all these guys coming in and out of rosters, the Lakers are the team that I feel like God forbid, but they could use a couple new faces and be like, oh, that guy's actually good. Let's keep him. Yeah. Like, they could use a guy like that, but then they use it. I'm not trying to blame Isaiah Thomas here, but, no, but Isaiah's I mean, got very little left in the tank. Well, not only that, you talk about a guy who was playing in the G League a week ago, shooting the ball 12 times. You know, he's yeah. starting. He started his, like, second game. Well, and also, wasn't he in there due to COVID protocol? It wasn't really... And we're getting that around the league, where this is like a G League showcase. Like, every yeah. game is like, who the heck is that guy? G. Hayes' friend, Mac McClung, goes <laughs> yeah, from the Chicago South Bay Lakers to the New York Chicago Bulls. Yes. Caruso and McClung! Yep. The dynamic duo in Chicago. Well, isn't Caruso out right now? Maybe I, he's. I mean, who knows who's who, out? Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I don't think fan. it's. I don't think it's due to COVID pro. I, I could be wrong, yeah. but I, I don't think it's due to COVID protocol. It doesn't. No, either way, it doesn't matter. Like he's. Mac McClung got brought up because of COVID. Oh, like, yeah. let's get real. He only got a 10-day contract. Joe, Joe so. Johnson's in the league. Yeah. That Joe Johnson went ridiculous. against Michael Jordan back in the day. <laughs> that was ridiculous I mean, come on. What the yeah. heck is going on right now? <laughs> this is... Uh... And by the way, so Christmas Day, I mean, things are on track to be happening. But, like, who's going to take the court? I mean, I, I don't think Kyrie... There's no way Kyrie is playing. I don't think James Harden's playing. We'll see. What Harden is playing. He's back tonight. He's back tonight. Oh, okay. 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 So that's, that's something. Um, but, man... And the uh, ticket prices, again, you know, listen, if you bought a ticket to, to the game, that happens. But I tell people during this time period with this variant, when it comes to sports wagering and when, when it comes to purchasing a ticket to a game, wait until like the day of or like right before, because A, 
I mean, by the way, the majority of these games don't have lines. They've been taken off the board. You don't know who's going to be playing in these games. Well, and yeah, and live betting, I bet you it's going through the roof oh, right, right now. Yeah. Like, it's probably crazy, crazy up there as far as money being dropped. Because I mean, that's what I would do, yeah. right? Because you don't know what's going to happen the first quarter, second quarter, no. first half. Like, somebody might get hurt. Somebody might get dropped before the game, you know? So I bet you live betting is going off. Yeah. Just to clarify really quickly, it says uh, the Nets Blazers game is postponed tonight, but James Harden is out of health and safety protocol. Okay, so, so I then assume he could he's technically back. come back yeah. for the uh, Christmas Day game. Again, we'll, we'll we'll see if that game happens as scheduled. I think it will. Uh, again, that is the signature game for the league. That is sort of the day where a lot of fans out there who are kind of casual fans, that's when they start caring about the league. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we will be joined by our good friend Nick Hamilton talking about all things Los Angeles sports, the big Rams win against the Seahawks, the Lakers, the Clippers, all that and more when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. We will be right back with the Arash Markazi Show. And you are listening to a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. You're listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. When we come around... Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Air 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. We are now joined by our good friend Nick Hamilton as we are every Thursday. Thankfully, we got him just before the holidays, before Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Nick, thanks so much for joining us as always. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, Nick, uh, we were at the game on Tuesday. It was weird to say a Tuesday night football, uh, Seattle and the Rams. I kind of affected, I, I expected a sloppy game just when you consider that they didn't uh, really practice at their fa- fa- their facility. They had still 20 players who were not available to them. Big win, though, for them to come out and win the way that they did against Seattle. They are now tied atop the division. They are uh, the technically tied for the n- number two seed. We'll see how the season plays out. Uh, just your thoughts on that win and what that can do. Again, three-game losing streak. I think a lot of people jumped off the bandwagon at that point. Now they've won three straight. Tough stretch here, though, Nick, where you short week, go on the road to play the Vikings, go on the road to play the Ravens, and then Sean McVay at some point in his lifetime has to figure out a way to beat Kyle Shanahan. So maybe it'll be this season. But, Nick, the importance of getting that win on Tuesday night. Man, it went up on a Tuesday. <laughs> yes, I mean, that's, pretty much, that's pretty much what we saw. I mean, the crowd was into it. I mean, I was really surprised more so yeah. that, that the crowd was actually there. I mean, it was it was full capacity crowd like it was a Sunday game yeah. or a Monday night game for that matter so I think that the players really fed off of that type of energy I think that's what they needed and I think a lot of the players were just relieved to be able to play itself I mean there was a lot of chaos and, and, and uh, uncertainty as, a, as it pertains to the health and, and, and status of, of certain players going on the list coming off the list you know from a mental standpoint it can be very nerve wracking as we all are experiencing now just being regular, you know, human beings and, and maneuvering through the world. Um, but I think this game was huge. I think they needed to win this game. It was a must-win game. We, I know we've been saying that a lot when it comes to the Rams, but it has, it really has been a must-win game. And this is a season where the Rams really have to win out 
to even be competitive for that two seed. Yeah. Um, if, and even trying to compete for the division. I mean, when you look at this Rams team, to me, I think something really clicked after that three game losing streak. I yeah. think with the adversity that they that they faced with with COVID and the the Amarcron or some people like to refer to the Marion variant. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, it, it, it really, I think it turned the page for this team, and I think it really brought this team closer together. I think Sean McVay kind of got out of his own way to a degree and just decided, look, we got to do whatever it takes to win these games. Um, and I think he was very, he was a little bit more innovative when it came to play calling or allowing plays to be ran. Um, you saw the emergence of Sonny, of Sonny Michelle. Yeah. Um, I think that was a huge boost, and I was really glad to see that Sonny Michelle didn't lose his starting spot with the uh, arrival of Daryl Henderson coming back into the fold. So I think when you look at all of those factors, obviously Cooper Cup has been amazing. But the thing that really stood out to me, Arash, was the fact that Matthew, the Matthew Stafford and Kevin O'Connell in the uh, in the offense really mixed it up. It really confused uh, the Seattle defense yeah. as far as who their targets were going to be. I mean, you saw Ben, uh, you saw Ben getting out there getting balls. You saw OBJ getting balls. You saw Ben Jefferson getting balls. It wasn't just hey. We're going to run the Bellar offense. What do you do with the ball? Give it to Cooper Cup. Yeah. What do you do with the ball? Give it to Cooper Cup. Like, that wasn't the, that wasn't the, the mainstay. It was like, hey, if Cooper's open, we'll find him. If not, we're going to start just carving up this defense and really just making sure we move the chain and try to score. And they stalled out in the first quarter. Um, and then primarily, really, the first half. And I mean, you have a lot, you have quite, quite a few stall outs with something they're going to have to really correct uh, moving forward. But as you mentioned earlier, you know, it was sloppy because they hadn't practiced. They hadn't found that rhythm. And I think by the second half, they finally found their timing and their rhythm. And that's why they were able to prevail. Uh, Nick, big uh, weekend again. We, we just touched on the Rams go to Minnesota to play the Vikings. The Chargers go on the road to play Houston. They are favored by 10. Um, listen, tough loss for the Chargers last uh, week. Uh, but they're still in the thick of this. You know, I mean, when you look at what Herbert can do, when you look at um, the way that they close out the season, I think that they can win out. And again, the the Chargers are a team that I tell people this. I wouldn't want to play the Chargers in the playoffs. I've seen them against the Patriots. They, They lost, but it was a close game. I've seen them against the Chiefs twice. They beat the Chiefs once. They should have won the second time. They're not going to be favored, but I still like if you're in Las Vegas, if you want to take a flyer on a team, the Chargers are a team that wouldn't shock me if they did what G. Hayes Giants did back in the day. They're in the playoffs, and it's just one of those teams you don't want to play. Yeah, they could be a very dangerous team. I mean, to me, the reason why they lost that game against Kansas City definitely was in the fourth quarter. Uh, poor clock management. Yeah. And then the inability to stop the Kansas City offense. And I even something I even asked Brandon Staley, like how do you how would you assess your clock management, especially in the last two drives in the fourth quarter? And it, to me, I was amazed when he said, "Well, I think we managed the clock pretty well for the entire game." I said, "Well, what game were you? I want to say so bad. What game were you watching? Because the last two drives, you guys had left too much time on the clock. And then the fact that you, the fact that, that, that this is to me what is going to bother me about the Chargers, yeah." Clock management and execution, especially in the fourth quarter when games are that tight. Um, I looked at I looked at that game and said Brandon Staley left about twelve points on the board. Now, obviously, in that first, everybody wants to criticize him, and, and thank God that that uh, Donald Parham Jr. you know is is better. Uh, he, he you know he's getting treatment, and hopefully he'll be able to return to the field sometime soon. But even on that play, 
I understood why he went for it on fourth down because he, uh, you know, you have to go, especially against the Chiefs, you have to score. But at the same time, you have to put points on the board. Three points is better than no points at all. And if you believe in your defense, your defense can go ahead and hold them, which they did a very good job, especially the majority in the second half. Um, that's what I'm going to have to see down the stretch. Yeah, Houston, they should be they should be favored by 20 because Houston yeah. is absolutely <laughs> trash. Uh, even without Austin Eckler, who won't be available yeah. Sunday because of the COVID-19 protocols, but and Joey Bosa as well. But the good part about that is they face the Denver Broncos team at home the following Sunday in the new year. So that's when you're going to need a Joey Bosa back. That's when you're going to need an Austin Eckler back and, guys, and keep guys off the COVID list going into a divisional game because that could actually absolutely be a trap game for the Chargers, especially with it being a divisional game. We know the history between the Broncos and the Chargers as far as how they like to have a heavyweight, you know, slugfest, no matter what the record of the Broncos may be. And then, you know, like I said, the following week, you have the Raiders on the road against, you know, against the Chargers and who the Raiders can play spoiler to the Chargers' hopes and dreams of whatever seating they, they desire to be in when it comes to the AFC playoffs. So, They've got two tough games. Um, it may not seem like it on record, but on the field, there's the, those are two tough divisional games. And if they want any shot of trying to get a higher seed in the, in the AFC playoffs, they've got to win, pretty much win out. Um, I, don't, I don't know if it's a surefire bet, but they have a really great chance. Um, I like Justin Herbert. Obviously, that goes without saying. But what is the status and the health of Derwin James? That's going to be key and critical. Uh, what is, how is Joey Bosa going to be able to bounce back dealing with the COVID-19 protocol. Um, what is Austin Eckler going to do? Um, what is their running game going to look like? But the only thing that really scares me about this team, and also, too, the return of Rashawn Slater, um, who's been a very vital piece of this offense on that line uh, this, this, this entire season. So the thing that concerns me the most is the running game yeah. um, and keeping Austin Eckler healthy. Because without Austin Eckler, they don't have a damn chance in hell with gasoline draws on. Uh, when it comes to when it comes to, you know, really getting after it and really making noise in the playoffs. I think they are a playoff bound team. How deep can they go? Is anyone's guess? Like you said, it could be like the year the Giants win and just really uh, pretty much packed all their bags and traveled across the country to get to the Super Bowl. Or it could be a point where they, they get to, you know, the the second round and then lose uh, to a much better and, and more disciplined team. You never know. Um, but this 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 Chargers team is definitely on their way up. Um, I think they need a, a, a few more pieces as they continue to move forward to build around Justin Herbert. Um, and it's gonna be it's gonna be up to your man Tommy T, better known as Tom Telesco, uh, <laughs> if he's gonna sit there and make moves or he's just gonna sit back idly watch box. Who knows? Um, but as of right now, I think the Chargers have a really great chance of not only getting into the playoffs but making some significant strides while there yeah yeah nick um you kind of already answered um half of my question but let's just go back to the rams really quick um when or if the rest of the team uh due to covid protocol and all this stuff obviously everything's in the air we don't know you know who's going to be able to come back who's not who might go back on the covid protocol list but um let's let's just say for argument's sake that all these guys are back everybody's healthy they're all like back um, with um, without covid they're covid free no not, no symptoms whatsoever, whatever. When or if the rest of the team comes back, can this team, can the Rams specifically go on that six-game winning streak? Yeah, they absolutely can. I mean, when you look at 
what they have to face to win out. I mean, they got like you said, they got they have a, a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde Minnesota Vikings team they're going to face on Sunday. Then you got to go to Baltimore, which they don't. Even if Lamar Jackson does return, he's not 100 percent healthy, so you can't beat Lamar Jackson. I'll take the Rams defense over the Baltimore offense any day of the week. The way they're currently constructed. Um, and then you got the San Francisco 49ers. That, to me, would show me a hell of a lot about the Rams mentally as well as physically if they can go ahead and finally beat Kyle Shanahan and get the monkey off their back. Um, if they do that, I think they can at least be, and if they're able to win the division because I see Arizona collapsing. And I told right. you, I told you people, <laughs> I told you people early on, the Arizona Cardinals are the Utah Jazz of football. They look good in the regular season, but when it comes to the playoffs and trying to get in the playoffs, Man, they, they they are struggling and, and shaking like a crap game. And I told you people that. Nobody, everybody thought I was crazy. <laughs> How crazy am I now? And that's who I look at. If they have a, a chance to win the division, they can get in as a two or three seed and really make some noise and make some, and, and really get get past it. I think the Rams have a great chance. Like I said before, and I told this to Arash off, off air, the Rams have a two-year window, and specifically yeah. Sean McVay. They have a two-year window to get it done. They don't get it done in the next two, in either this season or next season. I would be, I would be expecting some major changes because Stan Kroenke did not spend all that money, not just building the, the, the world-class stadium that he built, but obviously spending money for players, personnel, coaches, things of that nature. He did not spend that just to go hang out in the playoffs. Yeah. He spent that money to go raise a Lombardi trophy in his organization, he got a taste of it in 2019. Mm-hmm. He wants the real deal. He doesn't want. He doesn't want Coke Zero. He wants Coca Cola, <laughs> and that's what that's what he spent money for. So if he doesn't get that, expect some changes. But as of right now, I think the Rams have a really great chance. As guys are coming off the COVID list, getting healthier, and that now we have to make sure they stay off the COVID list. Um, as they continue to, to move forward. But everything, I believe, everything's going to go through the frozen thunder. Uh, you want to get to SoFi, it's going to go through the frozen thunder. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nick, uh, tonight, last game at Staples Center. Again, they, they've taken the majority of the signage down. The significance of tonight is it'll be the last Lakers game with Staples Center on the court again, beginning Christmas Day when the Lakers play the Brooklyn Nets. It will say Crypto.com Arena. I'm happy the Lakers are going all out. You know, they're giving out commemorative T-shirts, commemorative tickets. Uh, they're going to do a big thing to kind of just say thank you. Again, the arena will still be there. The name will be gone. The name will change. Uh, your thoughts, any kind of, uh, again, the majority of the signage has come down. So I, I was hoping that they would kind of keep it up for a little bit. But the significance tonight is officially for the last time. It will be the last sporting event, the last event, I believe leave at Staples Center the last time the Staples Center logo will be on the court your thoughts mm-hmm. are you getting emotional at this point have you moved on no nah, I got my Carl Thomas on man I'm not getting emotional <laughs> but I will say man they hurry up and got rid of that name like it's a three day notice <laughs> they, they evicted people they like hey man get out the red ain't paying get out <laughs> the new tenants are here uh, I mean when you look at it it's it's interesting because of so many memories that we've all talked about. I'm yeah. sure we all can share. We, we could probably do a whole show on just the memories of Staples Center from mm-hmm. 1999 on, on to current. Um, but, I, I, you know, listen, it is what it is. Times are changing. I mean, everybody's going to still call it Staples Center, refer to it as Staples Center. 
much like how we, like I said before, how we did with Westfield Mall and call it Fox Hills Mall. Everybody <laughs> yeah. I know still calls it Fox Hills Mall. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's just what it is, man. But I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the upgrades are going to be as they as they get the money and they, they do their remodeling phase, much, you know, how they did in Madison Square Garden in New York. Um, so I'm curious to see what the upgrades are going to look like, how long that's going to take, what is what the press box is going to look like, um, if it's going to be any different. And, you know, again, it's, it's still, it's always going to be the house that, 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 that the L.A. Kings built and that Kobe built. Yeah. Period. Um, that'll never change. I don't care what name is on there. It can be, you know, the, the Food for Less Center. I don't even care what it is. It, <laughs> it's always going to be remnants of that. Um, but no, I'm not emotional. I mean, hey, man, I, I don't have nothing invested into it. If I did, I would be emotionally happy. If yeah. I had something invested well, seven hundred million dollars. I'd I'd be happy too. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I take a tenth of that. I take a tenth of a percent of that. Exactly. Uh, the, the bigger story, I think, tonight is the Lakers. They are 16-16 and 16 through 32 games. That They could fall below 500 tonight if they were to lose to the Spurs. Here's the interesting thing. Three of the projections. So forget about my opinion, your opinion, the opinions of people. Three projection machines, 538, Basketball Reference, and ESPN are all projecting the Lakers to finish the season below 500 and, have, and are currently giving them a less than 50% chance to make the playoffs. I mean, this is crazy to me. Um, and by the way, so again, this is not the opinion that we have. I mean, they, they are looking at who they've played so far, what they've done, who's on the court, how this team looks like. You go on and on and on. I think if they were to finish below 500 and not make the playoffs, I mean, this would go. This would be without a doubt the most disappointing season in team history. Again, when I say that, it is combine the expectations to what actually happened. And if this team finishes below 500 and that doesn't even make the playoffs, which at this point with the play-in, that means they are not even a top 10 seed. Man, Nick, where would this rank? And, and by the way, what's your projection, your uh, opinion? I mean, because I, I still can't imagine that this team finishing below 500, but I think that's just because I can't imagine seeing it. But the fact of the matter is tonight, if they lose it, they would be below 500. So it's not, it's not crazy. But still, Nick, where would this rank in terms of all-time Lakers disappointing seasons? Well, first of all, who the hell pissed off ESPN and basketball reference? <laughs> I don't. I don't think that. I. I still think they'll make the playoffs. Now, how they make the playoffs is a different is a different story. Mm-hmm. Could it be the play in, or could they slide into yeah. the sixty? Because we don't really know what could happen in that second half of the season. Teams, guys can face injury. Teams can slide. That that were probably in the top four. There may be a couple of teams that slide down. You never know. Um, I still think the Lakers can make the playoffs. It could be a play in tournament where they actually get into the play in tournament, like we witnessed, uh, you know, a season ago. Um, you know, you never know. But with this team is so underachieving, I'm not even disappointed. There's just a bunch of underachievers. Yeah. And to and and to have a statement come out and say, "Oh, well, LeBron says LeBron's going to be a Laker. He's not going to be on the training block." Well, what the hell would he be on the training block for? <laughs> He's the one that assembled the team. Yeah. This is the team that he wanted. You can't abandon ship because this is the ship that you built and the ship that you want to go out and, and, and into the waters with. You got to stay. You got to go down with the ship. Yeah, and this should prove, which it probably won't, but it should prove that this is why you don't put your hand, you don't put the, such important emphasis on on your superstar and put important decisions in the hands of your superstar. Yeah. Because this is exactly what happened. 
You don't let him bring all his friends and kinfolk and countrymen and lend them your ears. And then you want to sit there and then have these ridiculous expectations when it when stuff just doesn't fit. Like I said before, and I'll say it again, Russell Westbrook doesn't fit. <laughs> he doesn't fit. You got all these old dudes. Where has Trevor Reza been besides on the training table? Yeah. Where has, where, I mean, you got, and I'm not even talking about the COVID protocol. I'm just talking about guys that have just been injured, period. Obviously, Malik Monk, um, I like that signing. I like Carmelo Anthony signing. I like the signing of Dwight Howard. I like, uh, I haven't seen Ray John Rondo, really. No. no. I mean, I, I love Isaiah Thomas getting an opportunity. I think that was fantastic. I think that was great. But that's on. That's like a mid-rib. It's only going to last for a limited time. <laughs> uh, when you look at the, the overall totality of this team, I still, I'm still trying to find what is their identity. They still have. They still lack identity. To me, they still lack consistent continuity, and that's because the fluidity of the offense has not been in in the favor of what we expected and what we've seen from all of these other from these guys that we've seen in other areas and other teams. Um, it hasn't come to fruition yet. And I don't know if it ever will come to fruition. I think we'll have some strides, but I don't think they'll ever be to a point where we're talking about championship aspirations and not be and not be legally drunk. Yeah. Um, I think the teams that we, we are seriously contending for to, to have a, a championship uh, opportunity would be the Golden State Warriors, the Phoenix Suns, the Brooklyn Nets, the, the Miami Heat, um, even the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, but outside of those those five teams, and maybe they may be a sleeper team coming up, uh, coming through the ranks. But the Los Angeles Lakers are definitely not one of those teams that you think about when it comes to championship aspirations. And that's absolutely a failure. It's an epic failure. And I don't know how they re- rebound for this next season. Yeah, I mean, because these are big contracts that they can't move right now. So they are stuck with this team. I never thought I would say that at the beginning of the year that you're stuck with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. I mean, these are some of the best players in the world. But Nick, thank you so much for that. Thank you for always coming on the show every Thursday. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Um, And that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow, Christmas Eve. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe. And stay healthy. The Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all new and mightier 1090 AM. for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.